are now entering the Horror Sanctum. sanctum our first attempt at ever at a live podcast here Ooh. at the bride of frankenstein and hopefully this works well but if not we'll be learning in real time with all of you guys watching later uh we are here joined the full crew here myself tj uh john jay and kellen and we are here with our special guest honey gregory also known as honey the male girl Ooh. Monster Vision, and Joe Bob the Drive-In, and the wonderful Brian Bremer. You may know from Pumpkinhead, Society, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 5. And we're going to start. Our and many more. And many more. And more to come, right? More to come. Actually, yeah, I'm actually going to, yeah. Such things as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Nick in the Walking Dead video game. A lot of people... He, t- he talks like this, though, so most people don't know that's me. And uh, I got to be Mr. Peanut uh, for two years, a couple of years. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, they couldn't afford to pay Robert Downey Jr., so they paid me instead. Yeah. and uh, But mainly I just do, like, a lot of commercials, and, like, you wouldn't necessarily know, you know, Bank of America, whatever, you know, just that's my bread and butter. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. I've done it for – I do coach voiceover at the Atlanta Voiceover Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all online, honey, like I said. So, yeah, just go to atlantavoiceovestudio.com and all the information's there about classes and, and coaching and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Great. Yeah, because you should definitely do it. You have a beautiful voice. Yeah. I know you were getting into it for a while there, but now you have- I was trying to. Yeah, yeah. Was auditioning. Yeah. Yeah. So I have kind of like, listen to my sweet honey voice. Well, you can do it too. You know, you do it at home. Barely. Great. And, honey, and just your speaking voice too. It's just so, yeah. Like, low though don't you think i don't Maybe. think it's low no? nope no, not at all like so you're from and Brian. you can do it from corporate. home corporate you corporate. could do corporate stuff too i'm sorry we're digress we're totally <laughs> we're totally getting into our so you're from north carolina How originally oh yeah yeah kind of got that southern thing got we can do it we're all from we can do around it Nashville. right yeah. but yours is really strong well, I'm from South Carolina, so I'm well. Now I grew up in South, South Carolina. Carolina. You did? Yeah. Where Where are you from? Uh, a little town called Wahala. I know Wahala. Really? Yeah. I drive when I. Well, yeah, I, you drive through it to get to better places. That's right. Well, because I was raised in Rock Hill. I mean, I was born in North Carolina, but then we moved to Columbia. I want, And then my I dad moved to. Second- up at a talent show in Rock Hill. What's where? At, it was a Colgate Country Showdown. Well, hi, damn! <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, some karaoke. Fantastic. Well, Apparently, like, second best. You were a musician, though, at one point. I was. Yeah. I that. still haven't heard you. But this isn't like about me. Fantastic. This is about our first conversations, or no, our first memories of horror. What drew us to horror? Why don't you go mm-hmm. first, Brian? I know oh, shoot. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I always liked it as a kid. You know, it was a thing you would like stay up late in your parents' basement and watch with friends when they slept over. And, and as you got older, maybe smoke a little doobie. But maybe, you know, that's okay. I mean, it's not okay for kids to do that. But 
anyway, yeah. So, you know, oh boy, I'm going to get in so much trouble. Uh -huh. It's the adrenaline. So I'm going to say a lot of inappropriate things and I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, I did. I grew up watching with my friends and things like that. And I love movies like um, uh, Night of the Living Dead. But but what really got me into it, and this is the thing, is I was on a trip with my mother, my grandmother, and my uh, two grandmothers and my mother. It was a girl's trip, but they took me on it when I was about 11 or 12 years old. They took me on a girl's trip to the mountains. And we stayed at a place called the Peaks of Otter Lodge up on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's still there. I found it recently. And uh, it was this old, you know, lodge where you walked outside to, of the little office to go to your room. You had to walk down a long outside corridor. And it was around Halloween. And I snuck out of my room. I shared a room with my grandma. And I snuck out of the room. And I went down to the little office because they had a black and white TV. A little tiny wooded cabin office. Little black and white TV, like the size of that screen, right? <laughs> the blinds were pulled behind me. It was dark and they were showing John Carpenter's Halloween. And it was in black and white on the black and white TV. And I, yes, yes. So I watched it by myself. I snuck out to watch it and I watched it by myself. And then I had to walk back in the dark, in the mountains, all the way down to our room. And I was shit scared. So, but it was thrilling. And I just loved it. And I fell in love with Halloween. Halloween is prop John original Halloween. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. I have to. It's a lot of great ones, but I think because of the memory it has of childhood, yeah, um, it's like embedded. In it's embedded, mind. and yeah. and it's associated so strongly with that memory. It's like the people we meet at these conventions, yeah. like Frank, and they tell you, "Oh, I watched this with my dad when I was six it years old." It blows your mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah they can remember Good. the moment the first time they saw you. You're like, "Whoa, wow!" Really? Yeah, yeah. It's humbling in it the most humbling. beautiful way. Beautiful, but it's like. They're surreal and it's surreal, isn't it? Yeah, like, isn't it weird? Kind of like that's when you remember. Me. Get yeah. used to it, honey. Oh it's so amazing. Yeah, so, no, it's so amazing. So what was your first experience with horror? I know you kind of have a circuitous route to horror, right? A well, bit. you know, similar kind of thing because when you're a kid, you're always wanting to sneak around and do something you're not supposed to be doing. Well, you know, <laughs> and so, but. I spent a lot of time with my grandma too. She was like this, you know, like the rock in my life. Right. But um, um, because the we her home was so tiny that the living room and her bedroom were like adjacent to each other, and so the bed the she could literally lay in her bed and watch TV in the living room. In the living room, it was so tiny, and so she yeah. monitored really close what was on, <laughs> and she had to approve. Uh, so when I'd like to spend the night with her. She was a big fan of like your classic horror, like you know, oh my gosh, werewolves, you know, all those kind of things, and yeah. so like all the black and whites or the sixties kind of stuff. So I I kind of grew up just watching that, and I didn't really get to see anything super scary until like slumber parties when I was older. And Freddy Krueger was the first one that the that scared the freaking you know what out of me. <laughs> Where to the point where it's like I was almost in tears. And I'm like, okay, I'm going in the other room now. You oh, know, yeah. I couldn't even finish it the first time. Oh, no. But it's that feeling like you want to know what's going to happen. Yeah. But you don't want to know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's that moment that kind of like really grabs you. Like, yeah. Because you're scared and excited all at the same time. Yeah. And you don't know which way it's kind of pulling you both ways. And so I think that was when like I really knew that scary movies were scary. Yeah. and interesting yeah and that's kind of the part that like really stuck with me because before that you know your 60s the black and whites and whatever right 
you know, Christopher Lee and 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 those were awesome. Oh my god, those were awesome. They were awful. They were awful and awesome. I, I forgot all about those. The Hammer Draculas. Yeah, I love finding those now. Yeah, me too. Like, oh, I used to think this was spooky. It looked like the Technicolor, like pinkish colored blood. That's like some kind of condiment that would exist on Mars. Really runny and really yeah. Honey, I forgot all about those. I love those. It was just those were the. Oh, what geez. started it yeah that got you into it yeah you know, it's that kind of like that gateway drug yeah into yeah. it yeah <laughs> uh oh that's the second drug reference in the conversation b movies so to speak played on tv every saturday and sunday that's true yeah yeah late at night Budget for yeah. right. Those cheesy ones like Puppet Master or that's like, right. Can I please stay up late? Can I please? And you're watching them, and you're like, you're scared. Yeah. Like, On things like Monster Vision for our generation. Oh, yeah. Was well, what was yeah. Shock Theater yeah. the generation? Yeah. And those are the ones that are embedded in people's minds and hearts, like the people that we meet. Yeah. And it's because they played them on the Saturday shows, and yeah. that this part of our memory. I had a wonderful moment today. I had two wonderful moments today. I just have to say, uh, this beautiful boy, Greg who, uh, Gary, I'm sorry, who uh, said that Pumpkinhead was the first movie he ever, first horror movie he ever saw because his parents used to keep it up on the top shelf away from him, but someone mistakenly put it down like with Bambi and Cinderella. Wow. And he pulled it out and said, I want to watch this. And that's embedded in his memory. He's such a beautiful kid. And 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 then his father passed away uh, a while ago. So the movie means that to him, you know? And a woman, you know, came up, uh, sometimes somebody will come up and they'll say it to you. They'll say, I grew up watching you, like you just said. Yeah, it blows so your like, mind. You're like, yeah. really? I'm your twisted Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think Pumpkinhead would probably be less traumatizing to a child than the first 10 minutes of Bambi. Oh, probably. Well, that's true. That's a good damn point. That's a good, thank you, Walt Disney. And, and we all that's know, as, as our top shelf liquor, that's where you keep the best stuff. Yeah. The top I know that's right. <laughs> well, my parents kept something else on the top shelf. <laughs> and it wasn't horror movies, but I found those too. <laughs> there were X's all over them. It's like, what does this mean? Just the alphabet. Thank you for reminding me. It was the seventies. It was about the alphabet. This is the letter X. The birds and the bees. The letter X. The birds and the bees. Presented to you by X. So since you guys have been doing the cons, because I know both of you guys have kind of somewhat recently come around to the con circuit. Like what's been some of the 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 best stories you've gotten? from people that kind of just surprised you oh me first oh yeah um well it's hard to remember like exact details because everyone has these beautiful stories and like you know brian was saying but it is the realization for me that people remember who i am (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's so special real yeah because you know i'm so busy living life and raising kids and you know changing the oil or getting the gas putting gas in the tank or you know taking the cat to the vet or, or being a lawyer you know, just being well and practicing law and people's other problems and then when people come in and they have these great stories like brian was saying it's just like oh my gosh i i have i'm special with somebody <laughs> yeah <laughs> my kid who's yeah. like mom where's the food yeah <laughs> like, what are you feeding me where's my new shoes yeah yeah that, i think that's so really, special yeah and just like right before i i came in here there i was afraid i was gonna be late because there was a lady in the wheelchair and she was this beautiful red-headed lady and 
she started telling me her stories about watching Joe Bob Briggs on Monster Vision. And then she said to me, she goes, I was very upset when you left the show. And I was like, well, I was upset too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to go. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was so sweet. Yeah. It made me feel special. You don't realize what an impact you guys have sometimes. I think Joe Bob, when I met him last, he, he was kind of the same way. Like, it's hard to imagine, like, me personally, I've always suffered from depression. So what helps me? watch a horror movie like whether it's Pumpkinhead or or monster vision or anything like shopping mall like we go to those things as a comfort and i think that's kind of lost on people at times like you guys like you know yeah it's a comfort yeah he's like talked to uh, george hardy from troll 2 uh last week and he i mean he's he has no idea like what an impact he has on people and you really do like someone out there's favorite movie of all time is Pumpkinhead. you know yeah Yeah. like Yeah. yeah And, and we appreciate you guys taking time with us and talking about this stuff because that's what matters yeah. to us and that's why we started this podcast. Yeah. And you guys met, and I'll tell you the short Thank story. You, I'm not going to name a name. We had someone on our show who I've met four times in person. Four times. Don't make me cry. No, no, it's not. It's not a sad story. <laughs> this is a sad story and a different kind of sad. I don't have a waterproof. This story's going to make you want to slap somebody. I saw this person last weekend. And he didn't recognize me. And we mm. literally had just talked him a week ago. Yeah. You guys, you recognize me right off. Right about it. Well, we just, yeah. Okay. So, so you're so sweet. You're both so amazing people. So we appreciate that. Um, but yeah, you definitely have impacted people's lives a lot. Which is funny. It's just like I meet these wonderful people and they're, they're, they're people. I'm like, oh gosh, I've got these friends now. Yeah. You know, I've been that, so isolated, right. you know, trying to be mommy and business owner that I've kind of forgot the world. And not intentionally. It's just right. I'm wrapped up. He's and, busy. And then when people are so kind, they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm, let me text you this or send you that or come talk to us." I'm like, "Wow, yeah." So, <laughs> so Brian, what's been some what? of the most sort of transformative stories for you? That you've oh, God, there's the so many. I mean, um, this is only my, I think this is my fifth con, right? I started with Tampa Bay Screams, then did Bride last year, and then now Bride. I mean, FrankenCon last year, now Bride of FrankenCon is my fifth. So I haven't been to a whole lot, but I already have so many moments that blow me away that I talk about, like the one I just talked about. And and um, yeah, it's just humbling and it's baffling. I At FrankenCon, at ScareFest last year, uh, there was a 16-year-old girl that had driven, now this in Lexington, Kentucky, and this 16-year-old girl showed up at the table with her, her mom and dad. And her mom said, Hi, we're from upstate New York, and we have just driven, I don't know, godly number, 14 hours or something to get here because this is this is our daughter's favorite movie, and she specifically wanted to come here to see you. And that was, like, crazy, yeah, but great. Yeah, and she was 16. I'm surprised how young they are. Yeah, she drove all the way down to Lexington. It, oh, yeah, yeah, it was Pumpkinhead. Um, and there's tons of stories like that. I mean, this, uh, this uh, young man, Gary, today, I mean, I think that just about uh, – had me in tears i mean it, there were so many stories about why the movie was special to him and you know it, now not everybody that you meet has those stories you know sometimes uh, literally this i was telling somebody this today sometimes you know someone comes up to your table and they're like here and here's a pen and sign right there and just your name thanks right, right but because yeah. they're collectors right and that's legit and you buy it later on ebay that is legit legit yeah. legit so it's i'm not saying this happens yeah. all the time but what i am saying is like this is a community yeah. it is a family and a lot of people come here to find their family and and you become very close to to people, you know. And it's based in nostalgia and love. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Talk about the sixteen year old child 
movie. Yeah. That was probably one of their parents' favorite. Yeah. Right, right. And I have seen that. And the, and I hear what I hear quite a lot is that because you talked about your grandma like an old horror. I hear this all the time. My grandma showed me Pumpkinhead when I was six years old <laughs> to scare me into going to bed. And she told me if I didn't go to bed, Pumpkinhead was going to get me. Oh. I hear that all the time. I'm like, what is with grandmas yeah. in the South? Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially in yeah, the now South. you better watch this movie or wherever it is. Yeah. Grandma was just the boogeyman can get you. No. Oh, yeah. Now, see, my mom, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it might the booger be man. man. <laughs> His movie, I would believe it. I was like, what would you say the weirdest booger man? It's the weirdest thing you've ever had come to you to get signed. Like as far as like memorabilia, you know, someone brings you something, whether it's a poster, a movie. Mm -hmm. You ever got like Father's a or sock oh. or something or something weird? A sock. Would you sign my jock strap? <laughs> no. Well, oh, I know, honey. How rude. No, I did not get that. No, I didn't get that. No, I did a, a few years back. There was a there was a screening that I went to before I started doing cons of uh, Halloween and Pumpkinhead, which was cool because that's my favorite movie. Halloween is my favorite movie, and I was at a drive-in in Atlanta, Starlight Drive-in, I think it's called. I don't know if it's there anymore, but they showed Halloween and then they showed Pumpkinhead, and there were Roller Girls there. Do you know what Roller Girls are? Right, and one of the Roller. It was paved. Roller, roller girls don't work in the grass. <laughs> that's my favorite novel by Faulkner. Roller girls don't work in the grass. Um, no, but this one roller girl, and they're endowed, right? Asked me to sign her booby, and so I actually signed a booby with a sharpie. That was the weirdest thing, and the coolest thing I actually got today from that young man Gary that I told you about. He has got a film strip, a negative from the film. Yeah, I don't know where he, oh, we got it from a vendor here, and it's the closet scene where Pumpkinhead drags me out of the closet. Not the first time. Okay, never mind. Anyway, and um, Pumpkinhead drags me out of the closet. It's a famous. It's it's a scene a lot of people like who like the movie. So, and it's the film negative. It's from a print of the film, and it's mounted in a little box with a light behind it. Well, I guess awesome. that was cool. Yeah, yeah. So Originally, they were on reels. Oh yeah, this was you know reel. way yeah. back in the day. Yes, it, it was released in the theater, and there was no digital projection, so it was. So someone got a hold of some yep. reel, and they spliced it up, and they're and they are mint. making a mint off of it. It's not my image. It's just the monster. Oh, I think because that's the thing. Subject. Hey, wait a minute. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm gonna go a little Barbara Walters. I mean, Ooh, Bob, well, wow, wow. I love it. Make so us cry. Let's say oh. you, know, you get into the film industry. You both are in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the one thing that was the most surprising to you as an actor and actress wanting to get involved that you didn't know about before? Maybe you got in. And you were like, wow, I didn't know. It was this way, whether the set, the times. Like uh, generally speaking? Generally speaking, not necessarily controversial, just something that was shocking to you in a way that you didn't understand about the film industry later. When we first got into mm -hmm. it. Mm. Well, I can take that two different ways. Sure. And in whatever way is appropriate, sure. I don't want to. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess from, well, the nice side that I kind of was the hurry up and wait. You know, oh, yeah, like yeah, sure. you finally yeah. get that audition and you finally get casted for something and you're yeah. super excited and you get on set and the call time's like at six in the morning. Oh, yeah. And you're there for three hours getting ready. And then they say, well, we probably won't get to you till like five or six o'clock tonight. Oh, now it's going to be after lunch. Or oh, now it's going to be, yeah. yeah. They just keep pushing it back and pushing yeah. it back. And then by then your, your makeup's melted off and you've had to. Oh, my God. Three times. 
months and now your skin is aching because they've taken it off, put it back on and they pulled on your hair so much. And by the end of the day, you're just like, oh my God, make it stop. <laughs> especially, especially, I know it. Yeah, right? Send me home. Yes. I don't want to be in this damn movie. And especially the further down the call sheet you are, you know, so on your call sheet, you, you'll you see the roles listed on the call sheet and they're numbered. Like, and number one is like the lead role and all the way down. And the further down the call sheet you are, like the earlier you got to be there. The earlier you got to be yeah. there. And usually the less priority, like in the day, if the director has to sacrifice something, yeah. he's not going to sacrifice the star scenes. Right. So, yeah. so you can end up waiting. Yes. I have this, this curse. I, I'll do movies once in a while still. You know, I do. Like mm -hmm. if I get asked to, if nice. I, yeah. Not if I get asked to. If I get asked to audition, because I know a lot of casting directors, and sometimes I will get asked to audition for something. Mm -hmm. So I end up doing it, and I'll do like a, a, a legit you know, feature as opposed to voiceover once every couple of years. And I have this curse now. Like they always schedule me in the morning, mm -hmm. but they always shoot me after lunch. Yeah. Way after lunch. <laughs> and Ray McKinnon on Rectify for the Sundance channel, Ray McKinnon actually apologized to me. He said, "Oh, I'm so sorry, Brian. We're not going to get to your your reverse until after lunch. So that so they shot all the lead actor scenes. Then they're going to turn and get coverage, right? Do the reverse. I'm like, hey, it's okay, Ray. It's okay. So of course you go to lunch, and you eat like maybe a little piece of lettuce <laughs> yeah. and a little piece of fish or whatever. Like I tried not to eat, and I was yeah. starving because yeah. after lunch when I eat." Yeah, this happens. Nothing fits or feels good. <laughs> Nothing fits, and then you shoot the damn thing. So I yeah. had to eat a piece yeah. of fish. We shot my scene. It's a beautiful scene. It's a beautiful character. It's, I'm really happy to have been a part of it. But my hairdresser says to me after she saw the episode, oh, Brian, you gained some weight. Oh. <laughs> Not. Yeah. It was the fish. It's just water It weight. was lunch bloat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they put you in these tiny little outfits. Tiny little tight clothes, which I they know. always put me in. I don't know about you, honey. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Lord, we're well, running was, on adrenaline, right? Well, they used to, so when I was on Joe Bob, there was this one outfit that they would use fishing line to get me, <laughs> like literally, because the first time we were on set and we shot it, the top buttons went pop, and then the next one would pop, and next thing you know, the girls were like, pop. Oh, and I'm God. like, you know, and so they took me back and wardrobe, and they're like, fishing line and so whenever i wore that costume fishing line but they would do the same thing so that was one of the actual male girl outfits yes right? so yeah. they <laughs> show me in with fishing line at nine in the morning and then i have to eat lunch and like it's almost yeah. like rib breaking mm -hmm. yeah and it's like a like, corset yeah 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 you yeah. like like you said a couple bites and that's it yeah and you're starving and then you're done like at midnight yeah. and you you like where's like jack in the box or something jack, jack in the box. box yeah jack in the box <laughs> absolutely i wish we had jack in the boxes over here on this coast jack in the box at 2 a.m is a dallas it's a dallas yeah. do you have jack in the box in tennessee yeah oh you do well some of them are closing down yeah, oh well, so, yeah, you think you think film, TV, it's glamorous and it's like doing a play or like you're in this moment and you're in this moment for for the whole duration. And you shoot it in pieces. And it's wonderful when you get to do the work. What I find is tough that a lot of people don't, and a lot of young actors that I talk to that are trying to get into the business don't realize is you're auditioning mostly. Your job is to audition. And you've got to turn in a high volume of auditions in order to book the roles because it's a numbers game. It's a, lot of rejection. it's a lot of rejection. And I had a really hard time with that when I was starting out. It's like high school. <laughs> how do you learn? It does. You Here's how I cope with it, with the rejection, because this was hard for me. And L.A. was hard for me because L.A. casting is hard. 
I mean, I remember walking into some casting sessions and they'd be like, what are you doing here? Who sent you for this part? You know, so. Yeah. In, in the like waiting room, waiting, they'd look at yeah. me and go. Oh, I had that happen. I had male actors that? try to like I freak me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're too sexy. But the way I deal with the rejection, because now I'm a voice actor and I probably audition 25 times a day, anywhere from 10 to 25 times a day. Uh, from my agents and managers. And, you know, I book, but I don't book 25 a day. I mean, I, if I book four in a month, that's a good month for good paying ones, right? For good paying ones. So the way I deal with the rejection, honestly, is, and this is going to sound vain, but I know I know what I'm doing because I studied. I didn't study when I was younger. I didn't realize the importance of studying the craft. I know how to do what I do, and I know that. And so... If I don't get something, here's the next one. And I and I also am very uh, self-evaluative, not critical. I do hear when I'm not quite hitting the mark right, or I know if I haven't been prepared and done the work on the scene right, I know. And, and I remember the turning point for me was when I was back in Atlanta and I was auditioning for a vampire movie. And my husband was auditioning for the same movie. Uh, oh, God, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I don't think anything ever came of it. It was a, a, a low budget, very local thing. I, I mean, I really don't remember. Actually, it was a big casting director, so it might have been something big. I can't remember, though. But but what I remember is what he said after, because I went in and I felt like I felt after a lot of my Los Angeles auditions, like, I, oh, I fucked that up. God, I didn't get that. There's no way I got that. Why did I fuck that up? And we got out in the car and I said that. And Jeffrey goes, well, what'd you learn? I'm like, what? Oh. Okay, well, I Good didn't, friend. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really study the scene enough. I wasn't, I didn't know the scene well enough. I didn't make any choices. Like, what am I doing in the scene? Like, I didn't do my work. And from that point on, I said, okay, I can be nervous and I can be insecure and I can be scared to death when I walk into that casting office because you are, you are on the line and they, as nice as they are, and most of them are very nice. And there were a lot of nice casting directors in LA. It's intimidating. It's scary. I said, but no matter what, I'm going to do the work and I'm going to prepare. And honestly, from that point on, I can be nervous when I go into an audition, really nervous. I can be nervous when I have a gig with a new voiceover client, super nervous. But I've done my work yeah. and I'm prepared and it doesn't show. And I know it doesn't yeah. show. I know because I know what I'm doing. So your nerves never go away. Yeah. They inform you. like they, They're why you do the good work that you yeah. do. But the key to not letting them control you is preparation and knowledge. Right. You know, yeah, lawyer yeah, woman. Right. Yeah. You know, the more prepared you are, always the more confident you are, yeah. the better, you know, delivery you have, no matter what it is. Yeah. And it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. No. An audition shouldn't be perfect. It's not about that. It's about, but it's about, and Brian Cranston said this. He said, when I go, and this, I try to think this way, but I'm too insecure. <laughs> but he says, when I go into an audition, I don't think, oh, I hope they like me. I, I think I'm going to show them this is what I'm bringing to yeah. the role. Yeah. Here's here's what I'll do. If they like it and I'm the one for the role, fabulous. If not, okay, moving on. Yeah. And so I try to think about that too. And I actually do think about that. Yeah. Because we learn from all those people. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, so the, you get, the more you realize that, isn't that the true? Experience, Everything. I remember going in. There's no end in, until oh, the no, end. Until you're dead. Yeah. Until you're exactly. dead. And even that's not the end. Well, we're at a horror convention, so oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, that's fine. No, yo, absolutely. You're you're absolutely on it. Um, and I forgot what I was gonna say, but that was great. I well, mean, with no, the, it's right there. The next Everything's three learning. minutes that we have, yeah. you guys, before we oh, yeah. send you guys back oh. to your table, we're going to do a few rapid fire oh. questions for you. Oh. Do I have a cocktail? I, I want 
So you signed a boom. What's the biggest thing you've ever signed? Oh, yeah. Good question. Mm. <laughs> Has well, anyone asked to sign your boom? Well, <laughs> in a bar, someone asked me one time if they could do like a like a what you, tequila shot lime thingy. Holy Moses. Thingy. No, not sign it, I don't think. I don't think. This is only my third convention. Yeah, you're new to the circuit, right? This is your third convention. <laughs> yeah, it's been very kind and respectful yeah. and appreciative, and you know, mostly just talking and stories and stuff like yeah. that. Nothing strange. Mostly lingerers. I get yeah. some lingerers that you can tell they're super fans and they're nervous mm -hmm. and they don't know what to say, and so they just really want to That's absorb you and talk to you, and they're so scared. Mm -hmm. And you know, I appreciate them so much. It's like, okay, we'll just talk all day long because I know that. This is so important to them, yeah. you know, because I know it's like when I see one of my celebrity crushes, I'm just like, oh my God, you yeah. know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, like celebrity crush, like who? Oh, <laughs> you know, if I, you know, like if Brad Pitt walked in the room, I'd still be okay with him. Well, we have a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> now I've crushed on him for a long time. Yeah. We have Brad Pitt. Brent Pitt, the Brad Pitt lookalike from Knoxville, Tennessee, is here tonight, honey. Just for you. Fine. How much does he look like? I know. I'd be all right. Chad Pitt. <laughs> and his brother, Armpit. Did not get the good genes, Armpit. But, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did pretty good, guys, before we devolved. So what's one piece of advice both of you guys can give to anybody who's like a super fan trying to get into any aspect of the film industry, TV, you know, horror, even horror podcasting, like what we do? Like what would be some good constructive advice to, to give to the fans out there? They're trying to create art that is out of a love of the art that's inspired them. Okay, I, I got a quick thing. Get the stars out of your eyes. Know your subject, whatever that is. If you're gonna be an actor, you gotta to learn to be an actor. Know, know your business, know, know your subject, educate yourself, and then don't go home. Keep going. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Just keep stop. going. We'll never, we'll never reach the stars if you suddenly turn that's right. back. That's right. right. My grandma always said, yeah. grandma, God bless your, uh, rest her soul, but, she told me when I said I wanted to be a lawyer and everyone was mm. making fun of me, including my agent. My agent laughed at me. She goes, really what? You know, she thought I was, she thought I was the bimbo blonde character that I always that you played yeah. for yeah. and never could see beyond that. And yeah. so, you know, if you know yourself and believe yourself, you got to go for it. And my grandma always said, you know, reach for the stars because you just might reach them. Well, that's right. You know, and have realistic yeah. expectations. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Most actors are not stars. Yeah. Most actors are working actors. I'm a working actor, right? And I and it's hard to be a working actor. Some of your best actors are not superstars. Right. Because you don't recognize them in every film because they're acting and they're so good at their craft. Right. That they're not the same character in every film. Right. But when you look them up by name on the computer, you go, oh, my God, they were in that? Oh, yeah, I forgot. That was so-and-so or such right. and such. 
your superstars most of the time only always keep playing themselves. It's kind of a personality. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're good. It's, they're it's, a good actor. Yeah. yeah. They're always good. Always good actors, but they play the same yes, and every, aspect of yes. themselves. And but, so many are in theater, too. They, yeah. like, that's a big thing, too. If mm-hmm. in theater and then later on, they get to film little. It's mm-hmm. acting is a weird thing. Well, when it I, is a weird business. So to take that, if it's for women starting, or men probably, too, but if women starting out, like when I started out, so long ago 30 something plus years ago um make sure your agent is a very reputable agent even if they take a bigger cut because i made the mistake of going with one that you know didn't take as big of a cut percentage and they weren't as reputable and they signed me really fast and the first audition they sent me out on was some guy in a hotel who wanted me to come in and pretend oh. i was having a love scene with him because he wanted to cast me for a love scene part and he wanted to make oh, sure I knew him. Like, there are so many people that take advantage of actors yes. because actors want to work. Well you're twenty and, and you're young years old. Yeah. You just start and you walk in and you think, Am I supposed to really like do this scene with this guy by yeah. ourselves? You know, and you're like I remember walking out there and going straight over to the agency going, No. Yeah. I didn't get the part because no. I'm not jumping in some hotel bed with some guy I don't know to see if I can pretend how to have, you know, relations. Yeah, um, that's awful. I saw we got Kellen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it. He nailed it. He also he also did it for deferred pay. We still haven't paid him. Yeah. Y'all are bad. I've been holding back on the cracks <laughs> out of respect. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah, out thanks. to our first inaugural live horse. Yay! Thank you guys for having us. Really, was a, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. You want Jay run down where you can find us? You can follow us on Instagram, the Horror Sanctum Podcast, uh, YouTube, the Horror Sanctum Podcast YouTube channel. Um, and we have a group on Facebook. It's called the Church Horror Sanctum, uh, which is just a horror group for all ages, peeps, whatever you want to do. Got about 400 about active members right now. Wow. Right. Yeah. And growing. We started spread the word. Project. Spread the word. John and I met through Facebook. We were in a group together and mm-hmm. it was, it kind of turned into, it was very over sexualized. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look at this pinhead dildo. And I'm like, oh, we just started. That's a real post. No, that's the real thing. I saw the post. It's kind of grown from there. So go check us out. Um, I can't unsee that. Yeah. <laughs> And don't try it. Yeah. Don't try that one. Oh my God. That ends poorly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding back. Yeah. I am holding back. You it's have PG. no idea. PG. It's PG. <laughs> but it's good for exercise constraint. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. John, TJ, Brian, honey. I'm Jay. Kellen. Until next time, keep it spooky. Ooh. Thank you guys. <laughs>